Hello everyone, my name is Zach and I'll be your host today for the Diet NPO podcast. I've been staying truly busy with tutoring, wedding stuff, trying to stay active as the summer kind of comes to an end here. Now it's already September and we are into fall. I've been really enjoying the tutoring I've been doing with All Access lately and on a personal sense as well, especially doing these group sessions, these study hall lives where I get up to 52 students at a time, which is really cool to get to manage that many people and work with that many students at one time. Now, all of you could be deep into your RD exam studies. You could be right in the beginning in your internship when you're listening to this, or you could be someone just interested in nutrition a little bit. But one thing that always follows nutrition and us eating is a lot about menu planning. So we're gonna keep it just a little unconventional today and keep it light and talk a little bit about menu planning. So my partner and I, we're planning a wedding right now and uh, it's about as fun as you can assume it is. Choosing caterers, wedding, these are really all those things that come down to our decisions of what do you wanna serve at the largest event that you're probably gonna pay for. Now, this is actually a concept on the RD exam, but it's also just good information for you if you decide to ever plan a large type of event, request a chef, um, do any kind of catered event, just the things you might want to consider. Menu planning is a major part of food service, and to be honest with you, I can only share some of the observations that I've gleaned from some of our excellent chefs that I work with. They're the ones who develop our menus, they use their expertise, so if you really want to know how it's done, make sure you ask the experts. In RD exam note, the most essential part of menu planning is to consider customer satisfaction. Primary thing probably is contributing to customer satisfaction is how that food is tasting, how it looks, what's the acceptability of it. Obviously, if you're someone who doesn't really like adventurous foods, fruits and vegetables, then you shouldn't be planning a menu based on the things that just you like. But even still, by the way, I want you to get those fruits and vegetables if you can. Um, so please do that. Please do. Secondly, another concept of menu planning is knowing the population and planning it out. Just like when we do with clinical assessments, right? A part to consider of the audience is sociocultural factors, including things such as customs, norms, religious values, age groups, things like that to help determine the types of products and services that you think they would desire or you would want to serve to them. For instance, I work at a university with multiple dining centers. We serve people of all different backgrounds. Some of them just want to have pizza, white pasta every single day. That's all they want to eat. Then we have some people who have religious or food allergy experiences. So we're trying to accommodate directly to both groups to make sure that they all feel like they're getting fed. A third concept, do you know that food habits and preferences are going to be a major influence on what you choose to serve on your menu? So let's use my wedding for an example. For the dietary preferences, a couple people mentioned that they are lactose free. We had some pescatarians, um, but largely most of us don't have any dietary restrictions going to that. So as I'm considering that, I'm going, okay, I need to make sure that I'm offering a vegetarian option or I'm offering a vegan option or a pescatarian option, right? Which is something that we are now trying to do because of this. So those regional cultural food habits that exist in the United States and all over the world, we need to consider those options when we're planning the menu. Knowing your population really helps with that. 
And the fourth piece is that as an RD, you know if you're planning a menu, you need to make sure it is nutritionally balanced, right? Well, a ton of our students love to eat foods and love to eat fried foods, lots of saturated fat, and there's a high amount of them that really don't want to venture outside of these foods. But there's an excellent dietitian that I work with named Morgan, and she does a lot of the menu planning for some of the um, elementary schools that surround the university. And she has to follow a lot of the guidelines for the National School Lunch Program. So you could see how with her menu planning, to make things nutritionally balanced, she has a lot of things to consider to meet all the grain, meat alternative, vegetable options, even the different colors incorporated, she's trying to work into their menu planning. So there's kind of a couple ways you can look at that that you can kind of consider when it comes to what your purpose is there. What about those management decisions such as sustainability, food costs, things like that, that all fall into that menu background as well? Um, sustainability is a huge focus that we try to think of when it comes to menu planning. Um, it's becoming a big thing that students want. We'll even have students that will say, is this disposable or is this compostable? And if it's something that's disposable, they will choose not to even take it. So unless it's compostable they will or recyclable, they won't even take something that's disposable, right? So you're really seeing that sustainable piece in that. But sustainability also goes down to when you're buying your produce. If you're buying it seasonally or if you're buying it outside of season, if you're buying frozen vegetables versus fresh, this is all sustainability things that you are going to consider into your menu planning concept. And then finally, I think one of the most important parts of this is also the aesthetics and how that food tastes. Um, these are aesthetic factors that we look like, such as texture, taste of something, how balanced is it all over? Is all the food the same texture or is there kind of a, a mix of things that you're kind of seeing? These are all pieces you include into aesthetics as well as color, right? Is all the food the same color or is there a mix up of those textures and colors too? You can see how you'd want to eat a good mixture of most things, right? As far as types of menus, there's considered to be three main types. We have static, cycle, and single-use menus. What do you think of static? And no, not static electricity. Um, static is something that we may serve in like a school or possibly in like a family-style restaurant. Static is when that menu does not change day to day, largely staying the exact same. We serve the exact same menu items, no rotations to it. And this does have its benefits. You can definitely control your costs a lot more because you're serving the exact same thing every day. So you know you kind of have an idea of the pricing on those products. Um, but the other part is that there's no variety. So that's kind of a con to it that people aren't going to really want to go to your restaurant that much without that variety. The second one was cycle menu. So think of cycle as going around into a circle like a bicycle. Cycle menus are what we use at my job. It's an easy way to do menu planning to provide some form of variety to the people that you're serving while still having those staple items that you're serving. What we use is a four-week menu that's mapped out items and then it repeats after that four-week cycle is up. Now we're providing some variation into the menu after we added the cycle in. And lastly, we have single-use menus, like the one we're using for a wedding or some type of large event. A Prixfix is a very good example of this. Um, table to Haute and Prixfix are a couple terms that I'd like to talk about. 
This is a menu where everything is costed at one total price. You're serving an app, an entree, a side, and a dessert, all in that one cost. Compared to like an a la carte, which you should know is a la carte, like they're all priced differently, right? Now, everything priced together is considered table de haute, and when it's sold at that fixed price, that is called a fix pricks. Okay, so pricks fix is what that's called. So fixed price, pricks fix is what that concept is. Table de haute is where it's all grouped together. Now that you've all worked so hard to sit through that menu planning and taken into your next dream event, we're gonna go through a few questions that you definitely earned. So, food habits could be best characterized by blank. Nutritional content of the meal, satisfaction by the customer, sustainability costs, or practices and attitudes for what a person will eat. Let's go through it again. Food habits could be best characterized by blank. Nutritional content of the meal, satisfaction by the customer, sustainability costs, or the practices and attitudes for what a person will eat. Okay, so I'm gonna do my A, B, C, and Ds. I kind of break these down. For nutritional content of the meal, I don't think this was best characterized by food habits or else I, I don't think A is going to fit too well because nutritional content was something we needed to look at for menu planning, but I don't think it'd be associated with food habits. So I'm probably going to get rid of that one. Satisfaction by the customer. That was the primary thing that I wanted, but I don't think it had anything to do with food habits. Um, food habits to me are more of those like religious, cultural practices, things that they like to eat that we see. C, sustainability costs. Sustainability was its own piece that we're factoring into menu planning, but yeah, I don't quite believe it had to do with the food habits, but I think the best fit is D, practices and attitudes for what a person will eat. That's certainly gonna be the best answer, and this is the definition of food habits right there, is that that's the practices and attitudes for what a person will eat, whether it's based on cultural, historical, or religious reasons. That's kind of what they're setting the food habits of what they'll eat. Number two, which is an example of good aesthetic practices for a meal? Aesthetic meaning um, like beautiful, visually attractive, right? A, grits with chicken and white rice. B, Tofu with mushrooms and cheese. C, dill salmon with raw cucumber and toast. Or D, orange sherbet with sweet potato soup. Okay, which is an example of good aesthetic practices for a meal? Grits with chicken and white rice. B, tofu with mushrooms and cheese. C, dill salmon with raw cucumber and toast. D, orange sherbet with sweet potato soup. All right, right up. So A, B, C, and D is what I'm going to go through. I'm going to tell you why I want to get rid of grits with chicken and white rice. Just picture this meal first off. Um, sounds very starchy, I think. Um, but also, what do all of those foods have in common? Think of their color. Okay, all of those foods are white, pale white. So if you put all that on a plate, 
there's not going to be a lot of attractiveness, and we want to factor that into the meals that we're going to serve. B, tofu with mushrooms and cheese. Okay, tofu kind of has a spongy, chewy consistency, mushrooms kind of the same. Tofu and mushrooms are white. Cheese could be like yellowish white. I don't think this would be good aesthetic practices, mostly because I think that tofu and mushrooms have the same texture. And these things could all be the same color too. It's still that same white tone. So I'd probably get rid of B and A. Dill salmon with raw cucumber and toast. Okay, so we have like pink, green, brown incorporated in there or orange sherbet with sweet potato soup. Well, I don't think it's D because both those things are orange. So I'm gonna go ahead and rule that out and say that C, my best fit, will because the salmon, it's kind of has a chewy, flaky consistency. Cucumber is crunchy, so that's kind of a good texture. And then toast kind of has that crunchy kind of thing too. Um, different colors, good aesthetic practices. And this is one that I wrote up. So if you're still a little questionable about it, I chose this as my best answer because I pictured this meal and said, all right, we're incorporating different types of textures, the cold crispiness of like cucumber, and then like the crunchiness of toast, for example, are kind of differences there, the chewiness of the salmon, and you're getting a variety of colors through there too. So of those options, I thought that would be the best example of aesthetic practices. All right, very good, everyone. Well, thank you for your time today to kind of sit around listening to menu planning. Um, I've got a lot of menu planning coming up kind of with the wedding. I'm planning to do more pods after that point. But let me know how you thought this was. You know, you can rate, you can review, you can write in and let me know what you think of the podcast and what do you want to hear more of. Um, but I'll sign off for now. And as always, to all of you, happy studying.